Hi everyone, Luke here. I just wanted to take this opportunity while Pete's not around to talk to you about UFOs. You know that I'm interested in UFO sightings, but Peter will not let me talk about them on the podcast. So instead, I'm here to recommend a different show which does discuss extraterrestrial activity and a whole heap of other unexplained paranormal mysteries. I absolutely love it. It's called This Paranormal Life, and it's an award-winning comedy podcast where comedians Rory Powers and Kit Greer inspect different paranormal cases to try and find the truth inside the mystery. Previous episodes investigate things like the Battersea Poltergeist and the Roswell UFO incident. Hey! Hey! What are you doing? Sorry. Uh, I'll, leave, I'll leave the studio for like two minutes and you're talking about UFOs again, Luke. I'm actually just recommending to the Luke and Pete Show community to check out This Paranormal Life in case they want some more info about the mysteries, Pete, that you refuse to let me talk about. Mm. Uh, well, look, I, admittedly, I love Rory and I love Kit. They're good fellas and I think we should leave it to them, the experts. I was actually just listening to St. Patrick's Day episode and I tell you what, it was a bloody good listen. Apparently St. Patrick, right, he used to battle druids in Wizard Jewels, which is a little bit of rock and roll, isn't it? Uh, do you reckon I would beat uh, St. Patrick to some kind of Wizard Jewel, Luke? Oh, I reckon you could in those trousers, mate. Yeah. Search This Paranormal Life in your podcast app to subscribe and listen now. Please do it so Luke stops talking to me about UFOs. What's that up there? It's a light, you dickhead. Welcome to Luke and Pete Shaw, number what? 19. 19, we're I, back. I'm the bass player from T'Pau. Are you now? <laughs> was that the name of, of the guy from T'Pau? The bass player from T'Pau. Was called 19. No, he's just called the bass player from T'Pau. That's his name. <laughs> That's I don't know what you want me to check? I can Matt's check for you if you want. No, that's the last thing I want you to do. I don't even know if they have a bass player. They <laughs> might not have. I don't know. Uh, I was once... Uh, I've ever told the story where I was once at a party, um, like, a, 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 like a getaway kind of thing for my company, and uh, the singer out to Pow. Yeah. She... Uh, Oh, Carol drinks. Decker. Carol Decker. She had yeah. a couple of drinks and shouted at the stand-up. Um, she shouted at the stand-up, stop being racist. And he hadn't been racist. Right. Um, but obviously, once someone's accused you of being racist... Hard, isn't it? Hard it's to hard to recover. Back. Yeah, hard to recover. <laughs> From the, that the, house. The bass player was called uh, Paul Jackson. There well... Hello at LukeAndPeteShow.com <laughs> if you can beat that for trivia. Well, if you are Paul Jackson. Maybe he's listening. Maybe he's got, you know, not much else on. Here's an experiment for you. If you're listening to this show and your name is Paul Jackson, <laughs> right, or Jack Paulson, yeah. get in touch. I want to know what our reach is. I used to, well, my ex-boss used to be uh, called Paul Jackson. There we go. Could have been the same guy. Uh, <laughs> Could be. Music. Could've... Yeah, maybe. Um, but before we go into all this stuff, though, Pete, I just want to welcome you back, my man. Yeah, I, I've che- been away I cheated on you last week, didn't I? Yeah, you did. I with, was thinking about you the whole time, with, though. With DB Chaboy. Chaboy! Yeah, Chaboy, uh, Doc Brown. Doc Brown. Um, he was good, though, wasn't he? He was excellent. Uh, I enjoyed him. your chat about sand. Yeah. Starting big. Yeah. <laughs> about ten minutes on sand. Well, do you know what? He actually... He actually um, he just pulled that on me. I didn't know he was going to do that. So it wasn't planned. <laughs> he pulled some Sorry. sand on me. You know, you know a, what? A rapper pulled pulled a, a bottle of sand on you. Pete, um, people that actually listen to that will be absolutely stunned to realise that stellar piece of content wasn't scripted. 
<laughs> that was a plan. What? Yeah, I know, right? Oh my days! Straight off the dome piece, that one. The um, uh, so yeah, it, it's kind of confusing. And and, and to, to uh, Ben's eternal credit, he was also a keen listener of the show, mm. and he was a little bit confused what was going on because I had to we had to record two shows in a row. So I basically said I would just come back from Japan. But you, and oh, you mucked up your dates. I must have di- muffed up my dates. So yeah. um, I am actually back from Japan now, and everything's fine. We're learning about Tapau. Yeah, I enjoyed the uh, the Ben uh, and Luke show for a little while. Anyone who, who's ever worked with Pete in any capacity will know he does have a, t- have a tendency to get struggle with dates. Yeah, is that massively. fair? Uh, it's yeah, fair, isn't it? I, think. I just think time is very much fluid, it's, and I am also yeah. fluid with it. It is. Yeah, I, I'm, I a non- wasn't wrong. I'm a non-Newtonian fluid yeah. that you can walk on <laughs> if you want. Um, I'd love to study your fluid mechanics. Uh, the, one of my favourite bits of the show was uh, when you guys were talking about the pilots, when they talk about um, how high they are in the sky. Yeah. And I was thinking about this. I was listening to this while I was on a plane. Yeah. And I was thinking, it is quite a perverse thing to tell you, because taller than, like, 20 feet, I don't know what's a mile in the sky. I can figure out what a mile yeah. covered on the ground is. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know what you but, mean. But, but pointing up with twenty thousand miles, twenty thousand feet, whatever. You're like, I, I have no frame of reference for that at all. So uh, I th- I think, know, no building is that tall. So I think I'm right in saying that if you're flying at whatever, like say thirty thousand feet, yeah, I think that's like five and a half miles in the air. Yeah, but again, I, 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 seeing something there's no horizontal. It, is there? Seeing something horizontal is really very different to seeing something um, vertical. If yeah. you've ever been in a gym, if you see a man in the, in the showers and he's got a a rather tumescent, uh, a rather large, this going? a rather large horizontal. Horizontal penis, you're like that's a big that's a that's a big penis. Good 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 on you, lad. But if it's pointing up, there's problems. <laughs> He's <laughs> I, getting thrown out of the gym. I don't think that analogy works. What in this scenario? What I was going to say was, I mean, that is that has knocked me sideways. You saying that, but it's, <laughs> it's probably, big penis, what you said. Big but, penis, um, it is a, it, when you think about it. Ben is absolutely right. It is odd for them to even say that because there isn't really no reference. <laughs> Great, no, good, good. No. Yeah, still up here. Yeah. There was a woman on a flight uh, to New York, and she was going. Now, could you open the? Could you open the blinds, please? I had the blinds open, uh, closed, and she said, can you open the blinds, please? And I opened them. I went. Well, we're still up. She went. That's good to hear. <laughs> what? So weird. That is strange. So how was how was your trip? Are you going to do it your trip in, on It's Been, or are you going to say oh, now? Yeah, let's let's, let's do uh, a Pete Olsen uh, Japan trip review. It's been correct volume. I did the correct volume last week. Because you put it in post. Up uh, yours, dollars. Don't, don't let people throw behind the curtain, mate. That is, yours, that's poor by you. Um, I went to Sakata, okay. which is a very, very quiet town. It was like a zombie movie, honestly. It was incredible. Like, just nobody out on the streets, daytime, on nighttime. It was so quiet. Even though I was there, like... Well, I was there, like, uh, Monday through Thursday. So where did you go there, then? Because uh, a mate recommended it as a beautiful place to be, be, and it certainly was. It's sort of dwarfed by this um, active volcano, this wow. massive volcano that you can barely see on most uh, cloudy days. But it's it's twinned with Delaware. Would you believe that Sakata. is strange? And much like Delaware, it's quite spread out. People sort of drive everywhere, and everything's kind of like in um, malls, I suppose. But it's, but it's very very quiet. Does it's it very, have very an, eerie. Does it have an interesting corporate tax arrangement like Delaware? <laughs> no. What's the corporate uh, tax? I think a lot of I, I'm going off piece here, but I think a lot of businesses are registered in Delaware because there's some sort of weird tax situation uh, there because a lot of stuff done on a state by state basis right, okay, and they're so, favourable uh, I believe so yeah. options what, what, um, it's, it's a place where it's, it's, it's the heaviest snowfall in the world 
That's another great fact. Which is huge. What part of... Every, um, every road has, like, these kind of, like, fences that go down and up. So that during um, snow season, um, they go up and they protect the road from, like, story upon story. And some uh, of snow, and some houses and some buildings, important buildings, uh, they have entrances and exits on the second floor. That is fascinating. Because you get that much snow. So what part of Japan is it in? Uh, so if you go up t- up towards Sendai, towards Hokkaido, uh, it's in the Yamagata prefecture. Take a left. Take a left. <laughs> it is literally take a left. Is go it? to Sendai, take a left for uh, three hours and then you're there. But it's beautiful. I stayed in a fantastic uh, Ryokan kind of classic uh, Japanese hotel, you know, mm. shoes off, kind of uh, mats on the floor. I usually wake up with a really sore neck and a sore back and, mm. you know, in agony about my guilt yeah. and stuff but when I slept on those um, those kind of floor mats yeah. nothing the Japanese way of life is kind to you I think it is apart from the fact that you um, frequently have to um, sort of tuck your legs uh, you sort of fold your legs in, underneath you and, and eat right. like that it's like right, under a table it's, oh god it's painful um, and this is Sakata yeah this is Sakata and, and it's, it's beautiful did you say that um, they have some entrances and exits to buildings on the second floor yeah that's it's mad, mad, isn't it? Yeah. Mad. But it's, it's the birthplace of uh, Huro Nakajima, the guy who played Godzilla for three decades. Really? Okay, who got good. shipped out at the back end of his career to work in the company bowling alley. <laughs> the man <laughs> who literally defined the company. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe he liked bowling. <laughs> it's a reward of anything. If he likes it, it's like, you know. It was on the lot. It was on the film. So his employee, like the fellow employees, will have seen him, who will have worked on the Godzilla films. Tim, you know, just setting up the pins. What size are you, mate? <laughs> Massive, mate. Um, I'm Godzilla. Um, <laughs> just going back to that snow thing, because it reminded me of something. You're speaking about the, 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 the highest level of snowfall anywhere in the world. Mm. Do you remember, it would have been oh, probably two or three years ago now, there was an unbelievable uh, dumping of lake effect snow on the city of Buffalo in New York State. Right. And it was almost, it was almost farcically big. It was mm. like 12 feet high overnight or something. And, and, and when they carved through with the plows and everything, it was like a wall of snow on each side on the yeah. road. Yeah. It was that was amazing, but um, some idiot like politician in the US who um, who was trying to make some point about global warming mm. by saying, um, "Oh yeah, global warming, climate change. He's look, a, look at all this snow, right?" Yeah. But actually, um, ironically enough. That snow was, in fact, a direct um, consequence <laughs> of global warming, purely because the climate was warming up to such an extent that the amount of water being taken off the Great Lakes yeah. was far greater than it was normally, so which then meant snow was dumped on, onto Buffalo. So it so, was, so in little, fact... a little snowball display in the Parliament, just kind that, of... That was separate, but, oh, it, but it was right. a similar thing to that. Okay. But it was actually directly related to global warming. <laughs> yeah. I just thought that was interesting. They don't listen, though. They don't bloody listen. No one listens to us. Well, no one listens to us. Pete. No. And no one listens to uh, to those uh, poor scientists either. I'll tell you what I, I, I did also. I, I, I met two mummies. or oh, saw two mummies. They didn't really meet me. Um, right. I, more on them later. They'll be my Menkata uh, induction, I think, this week. Right. I went to a fox zoo. Which oh, is I just, saw that. That was great. It's just an enclave of foxes that live together. So this is fascinating. I'm going to fill the listeners in a little bit. So I saw a lot of videos you sent me and pictures and maybe people who follow you on social media. Um, God bless them. Mm-hmm. Um, brave souls that they are. God fear them. Would have seen. Would have seen this, and it, you were interacting with various different foxes on quite a sort of close level. Mm. What are foxes actually like? Are they more like dogs or are they more like cats? I think they're more like uh, dogs, but a bit because they're a bit bitey. They're quite bitey, like dogs. But, they're quite sort of. Um, but were they friendly? When did they, they want hear, to be there? <laughs> well, that's, that's the thing about uh, I don't know the, the way um, uh, certain. Um, 
companies in Japan keep animals, I do question slightly. Right. Their zoos aren't usually that well kept from what I've seen. Uh, but they, 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 the foxes seem happy enough. And, it, you know, there were shitloads of them and they're all in one place and they all... And there was a big enough enclosure. That's the thing. I mean, the, the big kind of thing about zoos and, and, and keeping animals in captivity is uh, they, you know the big big thing is you know they want to be free and stuff like that but technically animals only ever move on when they've exhausted their food supply so animals naturally would not would not usually uh, move from the spot that they're already in. So, no, so, some would. Some have huge territories. Like lions have huge territories. Yeah, but uh, yeah, only because there's no, anim- no right. animals bloody near them. That's the thing. And they, right. they would they would actually stay where they were if they had a constant supply of food, which they which studies have shown that they would do. I mean, I'm going to say I'm not saying that I don't really have any stock with either uh, either camp. Bearing in mind that I did work in a zoo as well, yeah. so I do think they are. Um, well, the I think I think thing in the world. I, th- but. I don't know, but I think there's a, there's a, there's an issue which is that. Some animals almost certainly would be safer in captivity, and so mm. if you if you want to pr- to learn about that sp- species, protect it, and hopefully get to a position where you can reintroduce it, and when when I don't know whether it's like a geopolitical situation is to calm down or mm. a. a um, a, a sort of inv- environmental situation where they can get more natural habitat or, you know, different bits and pieces like that, um, then, of course, I think you, you, it's a responsible thing to do. And also, it's good there's for, edu- no, for education as well. Yeah, well, I mean, there's no bushmeat trade in the, uh, in the zoo. No. Even though I st- try to start one. Yeah, yeah despite <laughs> your best efforts. I found a gorilla! Yeah, despite your Who best efforts. Who wants to eat it? Um, um, I went to an onsen. Okay. Like a hot spring kind of... You know you, when you see those monkeys uh, in Japan with snow all around them? Yeah. In, red face uh, ones. Red face, uh, the, yeah. the red face ones um, in, in the... Um, uh, yeah, just in, in the water. Is that in Japan? There's a lot of hot onsens, a lot of volcanic oct- activity in Japan, obviously. And... Um, I did like this hot spring kind of on, it's called an onsen where you just walk around in the in the buff with like a kind of well literally just a towel on your head like you have a little kind of like um, square tiny towel and you put it on your head and you just walk around and you sit in the pool the hot pool and then move to another hot pool and then you get in the sauna and then um, there's a telly in the sauna were you completely I Billy was, Bollocks? I was completely Billy Bollocks. Yeah. I was as pr- I was as naked as the day I was born. It was <laughs> fantastic. I wasn't emotionally ready for that. But it was uh, and then you jump into a really really cold pool and oh, okay. that is the most invigorating yeah. thing. So I've started having my showers like quite cold. They do that in Scandinavia, you know. Yeah, they sort of come, thing, out the, yeah. come out the sauna and they jump in the snow. Um, did That's... I tell you, speaking of the foxes thing, did I tell you about the cats of Istanbul? On last week's show, did I talk about that? Yeah, because uh, they... Just... So there's this weird symbiotic relationship between cats and human beings in Istanbul. Mm. I think partly because they're, um, I guess, sacred animals in Islam. And they, they almost like they live in this situation where they're not fully wild and not fully tame. <clears throat> so, right. so the people who live in Istanbul will put little houses out for them and leave bowls of food and water out for them. And, this, and they just go where they want. They don't have collars on them or anything, but they go into little cafes. Mm. They go, like, it's quite weird. Imagine if like, a dog just turned up and went, what the fuck is going on here? How you, is this allowed? You see dogs as well, and all the dogs have got tags on their ears. So they've been tagged and left. Oh, right, okay. But there's a weird sort of symbiotic relationship, to use that phrase again, on some of the bridges over the Bosphorus where a lot of people are there fishing. Mm. And they either use those, they catch little fish and they use them and they give them to little, um, almost like hot food cafes where they sell them in like uh, little sandwiches, or I guess they take them home or mm. they sell them to trade or whatever. But obviously the cats know about this. They'd learn. So there's loads of cats there as well, and they give them the fish they can't sell or whatever, they chuck them the fish. I'm not sending you a picture of that cat with a fish. Yeah. That's basically what. I thought it was one of your cats. No, no. no, no feral. No. I didn't take one with me. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so the foxes sound sounds fascinating. Yeah. So those little, what is it called, an onsen, did you say? An onsen. Yeah, that- I'm, I'm not allowed in something like half of them because Why? I've got tattoos. 
Oh, okay. These tattoos are linked with the Yakuza, right, and, okay. you know, and people don't want uh, gangsters in their onsens. But presumably there's gangster onsens, so... Could have gone there. Could have gone there, couldn't they? They could just go there, and I could just be allowed in, because I'm clearly not a member of the Japanese mafia. No. Is onsen a Japanese word for hot spring, then? I don't really know. Probably, okay. Ch- probably Chinese, knowing how far it goes back. Okay, right. But uh, yeah, it's a beautiful... So you had uh, a good time? It, it, I, it really, I wish I could go to more onsens, and I was annoyed that I wasn't allowed to go to onsen world because of my terrible tattoos. So Mate, there we listen, go. you made your bed with those, <laughs> and now you've got a lie in it. A very unattractive bed. Yeah. Have you had a good week? It's been you know? good. Yeah? yeah not, too right. much to, not too much to report, Ridge. Wait for you to get back, to be honest. Uh, um, I watched a, an episode... I'll tell you what, this is, this is quite... Maybe we can get into this now. There was a situation in my house the day before yesterday right. where I was watching an episode of the popular sitcom Parks and Rec. Mm. Have you seen it? Have you not finished it yet? Have you, no, you, not finished you it yet. Through get, them. get in there. Right. Have you seen it? Yeah. Okay, so this is, for people listening out there, you haven't seen it, it's not a spoiler. It's one scene about, in about six seasons in, and it's not a particularly, um, in terms of the storyline, it's not a particularly important scene. But anyway, there's a scene where uh, Ron Swanson goes to Scotland. Yeah, and, and it just seems to be a big advert for the whiskey. Yeah, but you don't don't pop my balloon just yet. <laughs> so he goes to Lagavulin Distillery, which is what he always talks about in the yeah. show, and because Leslie Nope sends him there, who's the main character. And it's a real whiskey, isn't it? Yeah, he's, right, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, he's there. It's actually real, and the, yeah. and the product is real. Right. And and he goes up there, and he sits on um, a cliff with a Lagavulin, and he reads a Rabbi Burns poem. Yeah. He reads, um, "Oh well, my love, yon lilac fair." And uh, it's a bit of uh, classical music. I think playing. I think "Abide with Me" in the background, which is a mm. beautiful uh, song. And I, it, honestly, emotionally, it just brought me to floods of tears. That I was is a wreck, t- an absolute wreck. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Just it did everything. All the, all the planets just aligned, <laughs> and so and so. And I just felt really emotional about it. It was a beautiful scene, uh, really nicely done. The poem itself is, is obviously beautiful as well. Uh, the music and and the scenery. And I just I just thought to myself. I'm going to talk to Pete about this because I want to know. I couldn't work out whether you were a crier at TV and movies or not. Uh, no, almost never. Mm. I, um, uh, what was it? Uh, up. Yeah. Start of Up. That, I mean, well, that pro- is a classic. I mean, proper tear jerk as well. You're just like, oh, God. But then, yeah, I'm, I, yeah, I'm rarely moved to, uh, to tears, to be honest. Maybe the, uh, when Cheers finished. <laughs> Oh my I god! I cried my heart out. So the first, t- the first term of they extended of- the music, Luke. Oh made yeah, it all sad. Where everybody knows your name. <laughs> I was convinced that Woody Harrelson sang that, but he doesn't. It, it does sound, sound like, like it. Yeah. yeah. But the first ten minutes of Up is a classic, right? Where he's, yeah. he, she leaves him a note saying, "Thanks for all the adventures. Now go have some more." That's a really beautiful thing. Oh, don't wait. Trick, I know. Trick your fat mouth. I know. But if you are, if you are someone who has <laughs> cried at TV or film, in a most, hopefully in, a, in an entertaining way, they do get in touch. Hello at lukeandpeacho.com. We'd love to hear from you. I watched um, my dad's hanging. Yeah, oh, don't say that. <laughs> that, that, that <laughs> elephant, Not in our audience. That elephant hanging. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, yeah. Remember it? Yeah, yeah. That's actually on Wikipedia as oh, no. uh, one of their. Uh, well, since you pu- did it, public domain video. <laughs> okay, Luke, don't gunge me, mate. Pipe down, Pete. I told you never to argue with the customers. I feel like we should have a, a proper, almost like message slash email slash letter related jingle for this. Oh, okay, do you want to get off your ass and make one? No. <laughs> Let's go, let's go. It's emails after this. Hi everyone, Luke here. I just wanted to take this opportunity while Pete's not around to talk to you 
about UFOs. You know that I'm interested in UFO sightings, but Peter will not let me talk about them on the podcast. So instead, I'm here to recommend a different show which does discuss extraterrestrial activity and a whole heap of other unexplained paranormal mysteries. I absolutely love it. It's called This Paranormal Life, and it's an award-winning comedy podcast where comedians Rory Powers and Kit Greer inspect different paranormal cases to try and find the truth inside the mystery. Previous episodes investigate things like the Battersea Poltergeist and the Roswell UFO incident. Hey, hey, what are you doing? Sorry. Uh, I'll, leave, I'll leave the studio for like two minutes and you're talking about UFOs again, Luke. I'm actually just recommending to the Luke and Peter community to check out This Paranormal Life in case they want some more info about the mysteries, Pete, that you refuse to let me talk about. Mm. Uh, well, look, I, admittedly, I love Rory and I love Kit. They're good fellas and I think we should leave it to them, the experts. I was actually just listening to their St. Patrick's Day episode and I tell you what, it was a bloody good listen. Apparently St. Patrick, right, he used to battle druids in Wizard Jewels, which is <laughs> a little bit of rock and roll, isn't it? Uh, do you reckon I would beat uh, St. Patrick to some kind of Wizard Jewel, Luke? Oh, I reckon you could in those trousers, mate. Yep. Search This Paranormal Life in your podcast app to subscribe and listen now. Please do it so Luke stops talking to me about UFOs. What's that up there? To light your dickhead. Okay, Luke, don't gunge me, mate. Pipe down, Pete. I told you never to argue with the customers. Uh, Emails. <laughs> I was about to say, I wasn't confused as to what was happening. Right. Um, but I just thought, because the reason I'm not doing an email jingle is because you make me do all the synopsis, all the titling, all the uploading. And all, all the, the uploading. And all the social Clicking media. Clicking a button. Admittedly, it's someone else doing most of the work there. It's a computer program. It's a computer program, and the lines that take the ones and the zeros to Iceland, where we are held... And I also do all the social media, Peter. Do you? Yeah. Of, I don't follow us. <laughs> and, and the social media is forward slash Luke and Pete show, and we have, to date on Twitter, got... 3,485 followers at time of recording. Well, get involved. If you're listening, follow us. At Luke and Pete Show. Because that yeah. sounds terrible. It's, not, it's all right. It's not <laughs> it's bad. It's all right. Yeah, it's not bad. We're not a Twitter concern. We're a podcast. Exactly. I don't exactly. care that much about that sort of thing. No. Stuff. But, um, yeah, should we do emails? Then? We've got so many good ones. You know, we, we worked through a load of them, and we, and we, and we, and we, we filtered them out, the ones we didn't necessarily want to read. And that's no disrespect. They just weren't necessarily um, the subjects we particularly want to talk about at this point. Mm. We still couldn't get lower than about eight. Honestly, there was so many. Yeah. So blummin' many. So, so do you want to kick off with uh, your favourite? Yeah, well, actually, not your favourite, just the first one you're going to read. No, why don't you give me a name of someone that you'd like me to read and I'll do it. All right. That'd be um, better. I like uh, Dave Shaw. All right, let me find Dave Shaw's then. Dave Shaw. You're right, it's a very good one. Okay. Okay, right, yeah. So this is from Dave. It's quite a long one, but we'll maybe we'll stop for a little break in the middle um, <laughs> if, we, if we need to take a breather. He says, uh, this is on the theme of crap jobs. Now, if you remember mm. listening to last week's show, and if you haven't yet, I recommend you do so, uh, Ben told a brilliant story about how he quit a job uh, in spectacular fashion, which sort of continued the, uh, <laughs> the crap jobs thread. Um, this is from Dave Shaw, and he says, um, I thought I'd had my take on crap jobs. Um, when I was a student, I took a part-time job at a call centre in a town called Bangor, about 10 miles from northern Ireland's capital Belfast. Not particularly unusual that students have these kinds of jobs. Uh, I'm sure a huge percentage of people my age have found themselves being a phone monkey in some soulless, windowless hell at some point in their lives. Mm. Now, I've actually done this myself, so yeah. I know exactly how you feel. Big, big um, part of the uh, financial ecosystem during the late 90s in Hartlepool is uh, yeah. call centres because we have uh, a rather inoffensive accent and we don't sound clever enough to swindle people. I thought no, I thought it was because it's quite a trusting, act, trusted it's tr accent. It's, it's trusted because... Yeah. 
because yeah. we don't sound like we could swindle people because we sound stupid. Yeah. Scousers uh, is a no-no. Uh, Scottish, I think they're, they're, they're quite lovely. Yeah. yeah. Well, well I, I did this at a, a, a very well-known high street bank uh, call centre down in a place called Whiteley. And if you're from the part of the world that I'm from, you'll know where that is. It's quite a soulless, um, new sort of town type town, thing right, yeah, yeah, yeah it's got yeah. a load of a load of uh, sort of industrial estate stuff in it or, or, or commercial estate I should say um, and it was actually quite fun because a load of they hired a load of people at the same time so me and a lot of my mates went and got the job right yeah and yeah, so yeah, it was, yeah. was fun anyway so Dave carries on to say uh, the unusual part was the particular campaign that I worked on I worked on behalf of a charity contact, contacting people and asking if they would like to sell some raffle tickets to raise funds uh, for a charity. The charity in question was the Irish Deaf Society. Deaf, ironically enough, turned out to be a very difficult word to understand over the phone. About 75% of people repeated with incredulity Irish Death Society, which would probably be the, the least imaginatively titled uh, Celtic vigilante group you could think of. So bear in it mind... It sound like a firm, doesn't it? So in case this hasn't translated over the airwaves, deaf as in people people who can't hear, not death, as in you are now dead. Mm. Um, the worst part of the job, says Dave, was that we had to phone parts of rural Ireland where you would speak to farmers with accents so thick, not even their own mothers would have had a clue what they were saying. This was about ten years ago. However, there were still parts of the countryside where people would share phones, a fairly common practice in that part of the mm. world, I'm led to believe, and I didn't know this at the time. So I called many, one of the many numbers on the database one evening and asked for a Mr. Kelly. And I was told that the person on the other end was not Mr. Mr. Kelly, but if I waited a second, they would go and get him from up the road. Before I could say, oh, I don't want to trouble you, it's not that important, the phone was dropped and I was left waiting on the other end for about 20 minutes... When Mr. Ke- and when Mr. Kelly finally made it to the phone, he was one of the aforementioned unintelligible farmers. <laughs> I informed him where I was calling from, and his exact words were, Irish Death Society, oh well, I've had a good innings, I'm 95 years old. <laughs> <laughs> so essentially, as part of my job, I managed to make a 95-year-old man walk down the rural Irish road at night to simply, in his mind, inform him that he was going to die. The poor bastard. <laughs> That's I mean, from Dave Shaw. That's, that's not that bad a job, though, is it? Well, what I like about this is that man is probably dead. <laughs> Almost certainly dead. No, yeah. Yeah. 100%. So, yeah. The, so the call centre worked. So I, I, in many ways. This reminded me of a situation that I may not be fully abreast of, and I'd love someone to get in touch and tell us. Um, I thought I read a number of years ago that there was a particular parish or local council in, in rural Ireland. Mm. I know this is Northern Ireland, but I think this was in rural Ireland, where... Um, in Republic of Ireland, where they were refusing to pass drink-driving legislation because they were worried that people would get so isolated that they wouldn't be able to go out to the different pubs because that was like the only thing you could do and there was no other way of getting there or back. Yeah. And so they continued to refuse to do it. I'd love to know if that was true. They do say that uh, it's a city law, let's say, in those tiny country roads. But that that call centre thing is cool because um, I I actually quite, in in a weird way, quite enjoyed... um, Working in the call centre, I remember we used to. What you do is you'd sit there with headphones on. Is it just like cold calling, sort of ringing? No, no, but this was an inbound one. Oh, that's all right. Then yeah. you just be solving problems. Yeah, so you sit there with your headphones right. on, you get a ding, ding, and a mm. call would come through, and it'd be a, customer, a bank customer, mm. and they would say, "Oh, um, can you help me out and f- tell me why this check hasn't cleared or whatever?" It's that sort of stuff, right? Mm. One time I got a call from a guy. I called up and said, oh, yeah, there's a cheque I've written um, and you took out £22.40 pence, yeah. when it was actually £22.20. Pence. 
So can I have the 20p back, please? And I was like, oh, right, yeah, okay, no problem. And obviously under a certain amount, you can just do it. Yeah. And I checked up his account. No word of a lie, he had £8 million in his current account. Holy mo... Well, you know, that's how you make it, don't you? the pennies. Yeah. And there was another situation, I think, where we were working on the weekend where there was no supervisors there, and we all agreed that we had to get um, a certain phrase into a call. Right, okay. And um, the call call I got, um, I had to ask a guy whose card wasn't working if he had been past or close to any secret military facilities. (laughs) (laughs) To which which he said, well, if it's secret, how do I know about it? How am I going to know? I don't know, do I? He got involved. (laughs) He didn't take it as bouncy. He didn't take it as whimsy. He didn't take it as a clear affront to his professionalism and yours. But the way he he came back to me was like, can you tell me where they are so I don't do it again? Because <laughs> <laughs> it just wipes my card, I want to know about it. I think that uh, when people tell you to um, keep your mobile phone away from your, um, your your card and stuff like that... Is that true? You, of course it isn't. It's right. bull, bull crap. But right. um, people always tell you not to do that. And it, it angers me because I don't have the, um, the, the outgoing the- nature to explain why that's bullshit. Why don't you tell us now? You don't know. Well, it's, it's, it just doesn't just doesn't, doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. Just doesn't happen. What about if you take your mobile phone and put it through one of those X-ray machines at an airport? I think they're still all right. Yeah, yeah. It must everything's be. fine. Everything's fine. You can use your phone on a flight. It's just and it's just people who don't understand technology. Amber Rudd. For example, yeah, she doesn't understand how um, uh, encryption cri- cri- encryption works, but she'll certainly uh, want us to uh, not have it anymore. Yeah. Not, uh, give us a backdoor. Give the government a backdoor to WhatsApp. Give us a, give the government a backdoor. If you're giving the government a backdoor, do it. Everyone's got a backdoor to it. You idiot. Yeah, and she's the head of the goddamn whole game. Head of the whole game. That's her. T- that's her. Head n- of the whole uh, game. That's her title. Oh, she makes me angry. Um, speaking of uh, announcements, rude announcements like uh, Ben did in the where did he work? Uh, he got blipped out, didn't it? Yeah, you can't tell us. Can't yeah, you can't tell us. Can, I, yeah. can you do the right to shout out who it was? <laughs> do they still even exist still? I think, yeah, they do, yeah. They my mum really likes them, yeah. <laughs> um, right, uh, Alexandra. Oh, oh yeah. I, I request a fun alias, so... Uh, oh, yeah, I've seen this email, and I've got, I've got down as a working title for her, uh, Chicken Alex or Whole Foods Alex. Okay, um... Yeah. Well, you'll see why in a minute. <laughs> All right. Rotisserie Alex. Rotisserie Alex, perfect. Yeah. Hi, guys. I work at Whole Foods in California, and the other day, Saturday lunchtime, store was as busy as all hell. We make announcements over the intercom to promote sales, and suddenly we all heard, we all heard loud talking, bordering on yelling. All of us cashiers thought it was a promotion until it cuts through, there are no humane ways of raising chickens. Right. The man is on a <laughs> megaphone and has a sign and is screaming for like three minutes. The couple about to check out of my register looked at each other, and the guy in line was like, oh yeah, I should get a rotisserie chicken. <laughs> so he's actually had the opposite effect of what he should have. I love that. <laughs> I do like that a lot. I remember being uh, in bed. Thank you for that uh, chicken. Uh, that rotisserie Alex. Chicken Alexandra. So there we go. Yeah. Um, I remember being in bed and uh, sort of half asleep Saturday afternoon. Beautiful sunny day. And I could hear somebody on a megaphone uh, talking about the offers on Ann Summers. I live next to an Ann Summers uh, uh-huh. and a fish and chip shop. Everything on my doorstep, Luke. Yeah, all you um, need. All my yeah. needs. And uh, the man who was on the megaphone talking about the, uh, f- the fresh new offers in Ann Summers, he was doing quite a professional job, but I was like... I mean, but it's a bit weird on a Saturday afternoon to have, and bearing in mind, you know, Ansomers, uh, to people who don't live in uh, England or Scotland or any of the home, cam- home countries, home nations, uh, yeah. home nations um, they sell uh, dildos and pants, basically, don't they? <laughs> well, like, it's like a... Uh, it's like a naughty, naughty Lingerie shop, and sex shop, really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It's very European we in a very in, British way. Is that way. what we went into to get that um, gimp mask for you and we had to do that thing? No. The, where we bought a... We bought a, a dog ra- gimp a, mask. We bought 
a dog gimp, gimp mask that you said was on offer for like 30 quid and it wasn't it was like 80 it was really expensive <laughs> well, you got to the counter you didn't I want was... to change your mind <laughs> and uh, and we bought a dildo uh, that the woman asked if I wanted lube yeah, this was for. Yeah, a, oh, we should point it at this stage. Shoot, shoot, are you going to put it up your bum? No, this is for a That's live. This is for a live theatre show. It's a, yeah. a very important prop for what we, something we had to do. On, yeah, you on still the stage penetrated here. me with it though. Oh, come on! <laughs> uh, I, I accepted the lube. With no, Gusto, you didn't. That didn't as happen. I accepted your capacious whatever. So come on. Um, so this guy's going on about the offices and somebody's going, "Oh, look at this beautiful um, set of you know, kind of blah 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 blah," and, and this is on sale. But then he started talking about like, you know, when you buy when women buy pants, there's like a um, a little strip of like if they're trying to lingerie or something. There's a little kind of like a, 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 right, a hygiene strip. Hygiene strip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he started talking about that. Started going, of course, uh, if you take it off, you can't return it back to the store because uh, people's fannies have been on it. Oh and, I was like, and I was like, this is taking a turn. Who is this guy? Is this man gone rogue? He was just a madman. He was just a madman with a megaphone. I've seen him do it a few times around uh, London. Just a mate. Just a mate. <laughs> just a mate. <laughs> yeah. Pete, are you up there? So megaphone intrusion we're talking megaphone about Megaphone intrusion. So when I was at um, Dragon Con in Atlanta... <laughs> There was a parade outside, and there was a guy getting involved. With the, you know, they had those for those guys who talk about the end is nigh and how yeah, yeah, yeah. you shouldn't be gay and, and be religious and all that stuff. Yeah. They one sort of placard isn't enough. They have to stack loads on top of another, and the stick gets really long, like a it? totem pole. Yeah, basically, like a totem pole full of like these hate. mad things. Right. Yeah, full of hate, basically. But he was getting like a pretty short shrift because it's a um, it's like a science convention, partly. So yeah. there's a lot of like, oh, so, rash, so rational was type he like people. A flat, a flat up there, he was just getting hammered. It he, he the, was the first time I've ever seen someone be so like outnumbered right. that he just legged it he's like I'll see you later I'm going this is rubbish <laughs> this, is not, this is not my crowd it's like Jesus at a Ricky Gervais convention yeah basically yeah um, like that. or I, a Richard Dawkins convention I remember seeing uh, I was in um, Pride in Nashville uh, walking around and this you know fucking got it God, it hits this um, mm. kind of chap who was uh, doing his doing his business with a big megaphone, and then these two blocks just got right in front of him and just started macking like you won't believe. Oh God! Right. It was so funny, and he was like, "Well, you're all going. Well, you're going to hell." I, and I, they were just fucking eating each other's faces. It was brilliant and not uh, a little sexy. I saw a um, I saw a, a great picture of um, a load of people protesting about um, homosexuality, saying Jesus hates. Gays, and then there's a guy dressed perfectly as Jesus <laughs> with a sign saying, "I'm fine with I'm it." I'm fine with it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Next email. Next email. This is taking a turn again, Pete. I'm starting to think it's your fault because it didn't take a turn when I was with Ben. That's why I'm all Because you were whose, whose house were you in? Were you in your house or his house? No, we did it at the studio. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, the picture looked like you were at a house. No, that's the uh, the um, waiting area at Acast. Oh, uh, yeah. okay, I see. Right, so give me another email, Pete. What do you want me to do now? All right, then, let's have uh, Kia Halaji. All right, cool. Kia Halaji, come on down. Uh, hi, chaps. My first ever job, okay, another job one, was selling swords. <laughs> swords! In a shop in Southampton called Smells, Bells and Doodars. Um, right. I try- and I-, I used to go sh- to sell up to shopping a little bit sometimes. Do I- you remember I- Smells, Bells and Do No, I don't. I really SPD. don't. And I even Googled it because um, because I wanted to check, but I couldn't see it. Anyway, um, Kia says, the shop, as the name suggests, is one of these types of shops, Pete, which I know you love, sold incense, candles, bells, miscellaneous random crap, including but not limited to jewellery, hippie CDs, yeah. crystals, bumper stickers, hand-carved boxes, Buddha statues, gothic ornaments, dragons, fairies, and all that, and most interestingly, swords. <laughs> Samurai. Oh, steady. <laughs> yeah. We've gone from stuff that you'd see in your auntie who's gone through some stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, house. yeah, yeah. yeah. 
to swords. Yeah, samurai swords, reenactment swords, movie swords, uh, knives, medieval swords, wooden training swords, ornamental swords, and full-on will-kill-a-guy swords. <laughs> um, I've seen a shot like this. There's one in Tintagel in Cornwall, and it does all that stuff, and it does swords. It's right. weird. It must be like a weird is crossover it, uh, Is it kind of, yeah, it's kind King of old, old schooly kind of, yeah, King okay, magic and yeah, runes. Um, and uh, Kia says, it was my job all day Saturday and all day Sunday to simply station myself in the sword aisle, clean them, and try my hardest to sell them to the strangest of individuals. I'm sure you can. Imagine. Oh, good. I can't imagine the sort of people who frequent... Well, I'm about to tell you. <laughs> Highlights include a guy with a ponytail, leather jacket and facial piercings that would come in every Sunday and talk shit. His thing was that he'd always smell the swords. Uh, another time, another was the time I sold a £700 fully functional samurai sword, the only one we ever sold. The customer sitting near to feel it move, so my boss Roger advised me to take him out the back to the alley and let him have a swing around. <laughs> I still remember hugging my colleagues goodbye as I accepted my fate thinking at least it'll make it onto the local news incredible uh, loving your work uh, Kia Pete was that guy you who <laughs> bought that sword because you did a YouTube video once about swords I remember oh there's, there's like a there was like a YouTube uh, there's a lot of people online who would demonstrate really sharp swords so they'd sharpen the swords and then they would attack uh, actually they, so, no, they sold and made swords or made them sharper anyway and, and they would um, attack common items like watermelons and water bottles and stuff like that and um and just big slabs of meat and stuff, and yeah, I, I remember seeing did, the video. and I compiled it into um, a kind of parody video called "Dads with Swords" to the tune of "Girls on Film" by Duran yeah. Duran. Dads with swords, dads midlife crisis, dads with, with swords, etc. Et yeah. But um, uh, one of the lines was, "Pete, you know you're not allowed to take that sword out to the car park." It was, it? Ma- yeah, it was a man. Oh, yeah, it was a man. He was like throwing a sword yeah. through a piece of meat from like. Yeah, it was a good video. To be fair, we should so put, wait, it, up. We should it, put give it up. Give it, yeah, give it, we'll stick. Could up. have been your YouTube channel of the week, your own channel. Could Pete. have been my own YouTube channel of the week. That's that's true. Just men attacking things. And, and actually, there was a Sword Aficionados podcast that started, and they asked me to use the theme for their podcast. Did you say yes? Because it was. I think they even called the podcast Under Swords. Did you get some sweet moolah? I from said it? yeah. No, well, all of that moolah would have gone to uh, the aforementioned band, wouldn't it? Really? Did yeah. you get some Jean Ralphio? I got, I got no residuals. Yeah. Got no residuals. In the words but, of uh, John Ralphio, I made my money the old-fashioned way. I got run over by a Lexus. <laughs> <laughs> but is, him and his sister are the best characters Mona in Lisa. that show. Yeah. Um, do you, um, is, your, is your YouTube channel still called Peatstable? Uh, might be, yeah. So yeah. Oh, guys are naughty things, on there? Worth checking it out. Check out Pete Stivell. Yeah. Any more emails or should we move on? Uh, let's move on. Let's, okay. uh, let's, let's, let's get on to the next um, section of the show. We'll both look after it's got full points from you guys, didn't it? That little, uh, that little um, stab. It did, yeah. Last time. Um, and before, I should have said this earlier, but um, if you do want to get in touch with more emails about anything, really, yeah, um, we're doing jobs at the moment. We're doing um, well as, Ale- as, as Rotisserie Alex just demonstrated. You can email about anything. I suppose that was related to a job, but not that, not that closely, but. Family dinner conversations, all that stuff. It's yeah. hello at lukeandpeteshow dot com. Don't forget it. Local, yeah. local uh, color, like street heroes, people who just sort of um, now are, that's a great thread. kind of um, celebrities in their hometown. The man who goes in and shouts about chickens, he's yeah. probably got form in that area. So there was a guy. Um, this is a good subject, actually. There was a guy. I don't know if I told you this already. One of the worst things about this show, and there are many, is, is that, that we, uh, both we can't remember. Terrible, yeah, yeah, we, we both have terrible memories, and we both have limited stories. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. which is it's <laughs> a killer. We, we it really 
a maximum of 400 episodes of this. Um, <laughs> but there's a guy in South London. Um, I used to live off the Wandsworth Road in Vauxhall, South London. Mm. And every morning I used to walk into... Uh, to Vauxhall Station towards uh, central centre of town. Yeah. And obviously, I wasn't the only person doing that. There were thousands of people doing it. There was a guy who obviously didn't have a job, but had taken it upon himself to every morning. Mm. I knew it was every at the same time every morning, because obviously I was catching a train, so it was the same. Mm. Um, he would walk the opposite direction, yeah. with a lab coat on, with a load of slogans on, yeah. going up to different people going, Morning, sheep! Oh, yes. Morning, sheep! I think you have mentioned right. this guy, but um, but the, the, those kind of people who do, do the same thing all the time, or are just always around. Uh, the guy at um, Archway Station, who looks like Tim Westwood, always trying to uh, get a quid out of people right he, he's clearly on drugs but he never looks worse for it which I'm most surprised about I've, like, I, I lived there for like four years and he never looked any different I was like right how old it, uh, probably about uh, mid 30s but he looks alright for, for it he, you, you usually get progressively worse is this like you? a Tyler Durden situation is this you <laughs> Is this your Brad Pitt in the sexier. Fight Club? He got sexier as he did. The, he continued his meth journey. There's a guy in Halston. Always Hall rushing around. Was he? Always rushing around. Yeah. Guys who want like the 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 the, the you know the the, the uh, sadly afflicted with uh, uh, drug addiction. Always always running faster than everyone else. Well, those drugs can be very Moorish. Um, <laughs> there's a guy in Halston who everyone, I know him as, as Give Me a Pound Man. Give me a pound. And he used to say it to everyone. Give me a pound. And there was one point where it was a bit farther away. I could but I could see what was happening. It was a few, you know, about ten meters away, or whatever. And the guy was saying to a woman, give me a pound, give me a pound. And she was saying, no, he said, give me a pound, I'm hungry. Give me a pound, I haven't eaten for a week. Mm. Give me a pound, give me a pound, I'm really hungry, I want to get a sandwich. Give me a pound, over and over again. Mm. So she eventually gave him a pound, and he literally, without missing a beat, walked straight into the betting shop. <laughs> Not even trying. Maybe that's where the sandwiches are kept. Yeah, they might have some good ones in there, you just don't know. But, I mean, do you know... Um, uh, where, where I grew up, there was a village along the road um, where John's from, you know, our mm. friend John. And uh, he had, they had some amazing people there. They mm. had a guy called Hamish who used to pretend to be blind so he could basically get near to girls. Oh, bad. No. Blind man stick and everything. That's bad, that, innit? There was a guy who used to ride a bike around called Raisin Dave, who was basically <laughs> like a raisin, and he had um, a radio on his bike. There's loads of them. Um, loads of these types. We had uh, Lawrence, uh, a man, uh, he's oh, yeah. a bit of a Hartlepool legend. He's dead. He sadly died now. But, That's uh, quite a he, tragic story, though, isn't it? Yeah, well, he started wearing his mum's clothes when she passed away, but he was... Uh, bearing in mind, we're not the most... You, there's not a lot of um, out gear people. There's not a lot of... Not the most progressive um, town, Not the most it? progressive. It's, it's very, very... You know, you have to... You If you see a person of colour, you go, what the fuck are you doing here? Right, like, yeah. it's, it really is the arse end of nowhere. Um... But uh, we just had a local um, transvestite who just, you know, he would just walk around in, 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 but he was just Lawrence. And he would go to the football matches and in a Crystal Palace shirt, weirdly enough, uh, right. to the Hartlepool United matches. And uh, he was a big Hartlepool United supporter, but he was just, he was, you know, he was a bit mad. But troubled, he was, yeah, troubled. He was troubled, but um, he was, I, I, I quite liked the, um, the inclusivity of the town kind of, nobody ever gave him any sort of flack, effectively. Right, yeah. They just sort of went, oh, it's Lawrence being mad. Yeah. He's dressed, dressed uh, in, his, in his mother's clothes. I'm not interested in, um, in us like um, sort of belittling like vulnerable people or anything. I, I'd, be, I'd be more interested in, I'm not suggesting you're doing that, but I'm just saying when people want to get in touch, I'm more interested in like local Legends, of the town. yeah, yeah, the, all the, things the, that have the happened. Camden, stories, the Camden sort of best of luck man who used to just go best of luck. <laughs> that sounds brilliant. To everybody, I don't know him. Uh, on, on a lesser uh, good note, a man who tried, who threatened to attack me with a uh, half a DVD, uh, calling himself Dougie Fresh at Camden Town Station once. No more of that sort of stuff. <laughs>
<laughs> he sounds like a great judge of character, that guy. Well, bearing in mind that, like, that's not, he's like, do you know who I am? I'm Dougie Fresh. I'm no. going, I'm thinking, oh, fuck, that name is taken, mate. It's Probably like, not the Dougie Fresh. No, surely. I know. You can't just call yourself Dougie Fresh and have at it. Um, uh, so let's get out of here. If you want to get in touch with the show, as we've already said, uh, just, uh, just email us at, uh, hello at lukeandpeachshow.com. Um, hello about Luke and Peter. Correct, yeah. I was yeah, gonna, you, I was, yeah, you were second-guessing me there, I was going to correct you then, because you normally give out the wrong email address. You normally give out an email address for another show that's not this one. No, and I sometimes mix up... Uh, Luke always goes first. Yeah. Luke always comes first. Because you're annoyed because you normally, say, second. Cause you normally say Pete and Luke, yeah. which is bad. Yeah. It's not alphabetical. It's McCartney it? all over again. I know it is. Right, let's get out of here. We'll see you next week, yeah? Cheers, mate. everyone, Luke here. I just wanted to take this opportunity while Pete's not around to talk to you about UFOs. You know that I'm interested in UFO sightings, but Peter will not let me talk about them on the podcast. So instead, I'm here to recommend a different show which does discuss extraterrestrial activity and a whole heap of other unexplained paranormal mysteries. I absolutely love it. It's called This Paranormal Life, and it's an award-winning comedy podcast where comedians Rory Powers and Kit Greer inspect different paranormal cases to try and find the truth inside the mystery. Previous episodes investigate things like the Battersea Poltergeist and the Roswell UFO incident. Hey, hey, what are you doing? Sorry. Uh, I'll, leave, I'll leave the studio for like two minutes and you're talking about UFOs again, Luke. I'm actually just recommending to the Luke and Peter community to check out This Paranormal Life in case they want some more info about the mysteries, Pete, that you refuse to let me talk about. Mm. Uh, well, look, I, admittedly, I love Rory and I love Kit. They're good fellas and I think we should leave it to them, the experts. I was actually just listening to their St. Patrick's Day episode and I tell you what, it was a bloody good listen. Apparently St. Patrick, right, he used to battle druids in Wizard Jewels, which is <laughs> a little bit of rock and roll, isn't it? Uh, do you reckon I would beat uh, St. Patrick to some kind of Wizard Jewel, Luke? Oh, I reckon you could in those trousers, mate. Yep. Search This Paranormal Life in your podcast app to subscribe and listen now. Please do it so Luke stops talking to me about UFOs. What's that up there? It's a light, you dickhead. <laughs>